Well, I am so excited to uh, continue with the series. We only got two weeks left in the series that we have been in throughout the summer as we're studying through the book of Daniel and our series, Living in Babylon. And uh, so there's two different groups that I see in the room that I know exist in this room, okay? Two very, very clear groups. One of those groups is the people who like to be in the sun. How many out there like to be in the sun? The sun is your fun, but you like to get outside, you want to spend as much time as you can, right? I know it might shock you, but Amber and I are in that camp, okay? We are usually pretty tan in the summer. We spend as much time as we can outside. We do it, right? Minnesotans, we got to enjoy the outside while we can. In fact, uh, we get pretty tan, and people always talk to Amber like, how do you get so tan? We were down in Florida, like the land of tan. Everybody in Florida should be tan, right? That's what it is. And we're standing in line for something. This lady awkwardly turns around. It's like, um, yeah, can you tell me where you got your tan from? And Amber and I looked at each other like, the sun? Like, I don't know, what do you want? You want to go to Walmart and buy a, I don't know what you think you're going to do here, you know? And, uh, but this is what, we love to be outside. But I know equally, I've got some friends like this, that some of you like the sun and you just don't mix real well. How many out there have to kind of avoid the sun? There's some of you like that, yeah, you're like, you just don't like the sun. Like, you don't like to be hot, but some of you like, you just think about the sun and you get a burn. Like, that's some of you, that's how you're at. But it doesn't matter whether you like it, whether you don't like it, all of us Minnesotans experience something every spring, don't we? Okay? Because in the winter, we get real pale, right? We are all pale. And then there's that day in like March or April where suddenly it's gorgeous outside and we don't think about any. We go out and we spend the whole day outside and at the end of the day, we flip our sleeve up. We're like, whoo, got a little sun today, right? Got a little burn, right? Because something that you didn't realize, that you didn't notice, that you didn't see happening was actually hurting you. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That there are things in our lives that we have to recognize. We don't see it. We don't recognize it. But there is something that is looking to take us out. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, beginning in verse number 12. As you're turning there, just a reminder, we're in our Bible reading plan. If, you're, if you've gotten off course, go ahead and jump back in. You can go to our website and, and click on the link for that. Would you stand with me as we're going to read our primary text together this morning? Uh, just, just to give you a heads up, many of you have been a part of the church for a while. You understand this. If you miss a sermon, you can always go to our website or you can go on to our app and watch the messages after the fact. But there's some of you, you like to do podcasts so you can listen to me twice as fast and get over quite twice as fast, right? And so uh, we just launched our podcast for our weekend services as well. And so if you want to be able to catch that on a podcast, go to our website, zchurch.org. On the homepage, you can scroll and find the links to those or just search Zoe Church and look for our logo and you can grab those messages and speed your little time up, all right? Uh, let's go to Daniel 10, verse 12. It says this. Then he continued... Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, I am praying that you would take the scales off of our eyes today. God, I pray that you would help us to see, open our eyes that we would see as we're supposed to, Lord. God, in the areas where we so often can miss out, where we are getting injured, God, I pray that we would see more clearly for your glory. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Uh, now, whenever we dig into a passage of Scripture, I want to make sure we understand the context, what's going on here, uh, what gets us to this point. 
And, uh, and so the, the book of Daniel, we understand this book of Daniel, main character, this is Daniel that we're talking about. Daniel has been faithfully serving God for decades in the nation of Babylon. Well, at this point, Persia has taken over. Now they're in control. And he is continuing to serve faithfully and to try and live for God in this time. And we get to the beginning of chapter 10, and it says that Daniel decides to enter into time of prayer and seeking God. He wants to seek him deeply, to pursue him deeply. And it says he actually goes into a season of fasting. Uh, he, go, he goes on what we like to call the Daniel fast. I told you a few weeks ago, what's a Daniel fast? Nothing fun, right? It's vegetables and water. You don't get to eat anything fun on a Daniel fast. And so it says for 21 days, he is seeking God while fasting, only eating this stuff, whatever. He's wanting to hear from God. He wants to know from God. And for 21 days, he gets nothing. Just crickets. Silent. You ever been there before? You're seeking God. You're praying. You're asking whatever. And you're just like, hello, hello. You hear me now, right? No, I don't hear anything. And uh, so Daniel is seeking God, but it says that when we get to verse number four, it talks about the fact that on the 21st day, here's what happens. There's, there is a man who comes, and you get this beautiful picture of what he's like. There's gold and topaz and all this kind of stuff. And it's very clear that this is an angelic visitation that, da that Daniel is experiencing, as this angel is coming to bring a word to him, right? And he comes and he, he brings this experience to him, and we get down to verse number 12, and, and this is what it says. It says, then he continued, this is the angel speaking to Daniel, it says, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Now, I think this is important for us to understand. Just because we don't see God working doesn't mean that he doesn't hear us. Okay? He heard him on day one. Daniel didn't see what he was doing, but he heard him on day one. We need to remember that. We need to understand that reality, all right? But he goes on to explain what is taking place. He says, on day one, I came, but the prince of the Persia, Persia which this is an allusion to demonic forces at work, there is this battle that I have been in, and actually, I had to call in reinforcements to bring some other reinforcements so that I could ultimately get to you to bring this word that God has for you. And what we see in this passage is something we don't like to talk about, but it's a spiritual truth that every single one of us must get a hold of, and it's this. Life is more than meets the eye. Life is more than meets the eye. Like, we live in a very pragmatic society. If we see it, we believe it. If we can feel it, we can touch it, we can smell it. Okay, that's it. But we have to understand, life is more than meets the eye. The eye. There is more going on in our world than what we simply can see. How many of you like scary movies? How many like scary movies? Like six of you, that's great. Okay. How many of you hate scary movies? Way more of us. Exactly. Okay, that was the same in second ter first service. I felt good. Okay, I hate scary movies. I told you this, I don't like scary movies. I turned up what if they're like the commercial for a scary movie's on, I'm like, change it, change the commercial. I don't want to see this, you know? But if you ever watched a commercial for like scary or like some of the horror movies that are out there, you understand something that on a regular basis, they tend to dip into the, the spiritual and the demonic, right? And I think it's really easy for us to kind of have a caricature of the demonic, right? We think of like the little devil with his little, eh, you know, a little pitchfork, you know, like demons everywhere, you know. We got, you know, sports teams, the devils or the blue devils, you know, we have this picture of what the demonic is like, but, but that's not what it is. It isn't this caricature. We have to understand this reality that there is a spiritual element in our world that we often are completely unaware of. Life is more than meets the eye. And if we don't learn to recognize 
the spiritual battle that is going on all around us, then just like the sun burning our skin, we can be getting burned and not even realize it. All right? And so we have to recognize the reality of this spiritual conflict that we are in. If you've uh, got your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn to Ephesians. We're actually going to spend the rest of our time in there in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, just to give you some context, whenever we look at Scripture, always context, all right? So uh, I think when we approach Scripture, sometimes we, go, we look at verses, we can, we can think to ourselves, well, well, this was written to those people, but those people have no idea what it's like to live in my shoes. Like, the world that I live in, it's so different from back then. Well, there is some truth to that, but at the same time, they had a lot better understanding than we will give credit. The book of Ephesians, who was it written to? It was written as a circular letter meant to be passed around from church to church in the area of Ephesus, most likely starting in the city of Ephesus, okay? And, and what was the city of Ephesus? It was a port city that had a lot of money, there was rampant sexual immorality, and it was just one of those like Vegas-type cities, like what happens in Ephesus stays in Ephesus, Okay, that's what they, and so when we think like, oh, they would, no, no, they knew a lot of what our world is like. It was a little crazy. And Paul is writing a letter to these people in, in Ephesus trying to encourage them in their faith to help them say, no, you need to, you need to stand. And, and, and if you've read the, the book of Ephesians before, the first three chapters is so inspiring. Like it talks about who we are in Christ, about this victory that we have in Christ, the blessings that are found in Christ. We're going to dig into some of that when we get into this fall. I'm really excited to be able to do that. But then when you get to the second half of the book, what happens? He gets really practical. He's like, all right, here's what you need to do. You shouldn't do these things. You should do these things. And then you get to the end of chapter 6. He's done all this stuff, and we get to verse number 10, which is where we're going to look at right now, and he says this, finally, finally, after all the stuff, remember all the good stuff that you have in Christ and all the practical stuff I told you, finally, there's something else you need to be aware of. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Listen, that's where your hope's at. You need to be strong in the Lord, not strong in yourself, not like you're going to figure this out. No, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. He is your source. That is what you desperately need, all right? He goes on, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now listen, you got to be honest. Be aware. Like, open your eyes. Recognize there is something going on here. And if you don't, you're going to be in serious trouble. So he goes on, in a, and I think over the next verse, he answers two really simple questions, and this is something you might want to write down. And the first question is this. He asks this. Is, is, uh, I'll, I'll say it if it's not going to be on the TV. <clears throat> there it is! Let's give it up for our tech team back there. Way to go. Okay. Who aren't we battling against? Now, this feels like a, uh, a rhetorical question, because it feels like in our world, everybody's battling with everybody right now. But who aren't we battling against? What does it say in verse number 12? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. Now some of you are like, mm, it kind of is. <laughs> like I got some flesh and blood that drives me crazy. <laughs> like I got some flesh and blood I'm struggling with right now. Maybe it's my boss, it's my spouse, it's my mother-in-law, it's my kids, it's my coworker, it's my neighbor. There's, some, there's all of us have those people in life that like, yeah, I wrestle with this person a little bit. Like, they're a bit of a struggle. And Paul would say this. I'm not saying that that isn't something you wrestle. I'm not saying that isn't a problem. I'm just saying that's not your biggest threat. And even when it is a significant issue, you need to recognize that there is a deeper issue going on that you may be oblivious to. Life is more than meets the eye. There is a spiritual battle raging on at every moment 
of every day. And yet, what do we do? We spend a lot of our time just wrestling with it in the flesh and blood, right? Trying to do this, take care of this thing. In my, I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going to sort this thing out myself, right? Remember back when you were like junior high and high school? And uh, I'm from Chicago, and there was less Minnesota nice in Chicago. And, and in Chicago, I'd be at school, and, and you'd see two people kind of getting chippy with each other. You know, they start arguing, whatever. And inevitably, there'd, there'd be that guy in the corner who'd be like, fight, 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 fight. You know, and then eventually the whole hallway is screaming fight, you know. And then they're like, well, I guess we got to fight now, you know. And I think that's what our culture is like today. Everybody's standing around like, and you say, like, you're annoyed by certain people. You're like, oh, I can't believe so-and-so. They're always on social media just getting into fights all the time. I'm like, yeah, but you're reading it. <laughs> like, like, you're like the guy in the corner. Oh, yeah, this is fun. You shouldn't do this. But keep doing it because it's fun to watch. Like, like, this is the world that we live in. We're trying to battle things in the flesh and blood. And, and Paul is just saying, that's not where the battle is. You're fighting in the wrong place. Okay? But he asked the second question. Not just who aren't we battling, but number two, who are we battling against? For our, wrestle, or our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Hear this clearly. This isn't some creepy thing. If you're new here, this is your first time to church, and you're like, these guys are acting crazy. They're like talking about demons and this kind of stuff. This isn't some crazy, weird thing that I'm talking about. This is a spiritual reality that we have to be aware of. There are demonic forces at work all around us. And Paul ends a letter that he's trying to encourage these believers to stay faithful in the midst of a society that is oftentimes going the wrong way. And he encourages them. He's like, this is going to be great. You're grounded in Christ. These are good things. And he tells them the practical things. But at the very end, he says, but you've got to be careful. You've got to be aware that there is a spiritual battle going on around you. And there is an enemy who is looking to take you out. If you act passively, if you are not cognizant or recognizing the reality of that spiritual battle, you are in deep trouble. And he's trying to wake them up to this reality. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I said this, or Pastor Dan shared this a couple of weeks ago. And I just thought this was such a profound image. I'm going to carry this for the rest of my life. He was talking about the story of Adam and Eve. And he said, we got the story of Adam and Eve. We all know the story of Adam and Eve. You got Adam, you got Eve, you got the fruit, and then you got the serpent, right? And it's real clear. We got the serpent who's deceiving Eve and kind of leading them to go the wrong direction. And so often we look at that story like it's very clear that there's a serpent in this story. But here's the thing we need to recognize in our life and in every moment, the serpent's always there. Just because you don't see him doesn't mean he's not there. Doesn't mean he's not trying to take you out. Now, is this some freak, like, everybody needs to, like, walk around all scared? No, no, as a believer in Christ, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. This isn't an issue of fear. This isn't an issue of, like, I need to be fearful, but I do need to realize the threat that is trying to take us out. And so often we walk around not realizing, just thinking about the flesh and blood, not knowing that the enemy is literally trying to destroy. You would understand this. The enemy doesn't create. He cannot create. He can only destroy and corrupt what God has already created. And that's what he wants to do in your life. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take you out. The serpent's always there. Now, I think there's two ends of the spectrum when it comes to this spiritual reality, right? 
there are the people on one end of the spectrum that see a demon under every rock. You know, it's like, I didn't get a parking spot. The devil's after me today. No, he's not. Okay, you got to get over it. Like, <laughs> the devil's not as concerned about your parking spot as you think you are. But, but I, think, I think there's one end of the spectrum. You can go a little crazy. But I think you can go, the, the worst thing is to go the other direction, to ignore the reality that there is a spiritual battle going on. Right? Because if you ignore it, the enemy has you at just where he wants you to be. Like, a lot of us think, oh, oh, if the, if the devil's going to tempt, he wants me to worship the devil. No, he does. He just wants you to not worship God. That's what he wants. And if you're a follower of Christ like me, you, you would say, I'm probably not going to get to a point in my life where I'm going to start worshiping the devil. I'm probably not going to happen. You know what he's going to do? He's going to get you to go, eh, just a little off course, just enough off course so that you play that thing out. Eventually, you're going to walk away from God. It was never your intention, never your desire, but it is what he is looking to. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. And if we don't recognize it, if we don't understand that we are in a battle, we are going to get taken out. I talk to our staff about this every week, it feels like. They're probably sick of me talking about this, all right? But I know that in the last two and a half years since Amber and I have been here, it has been clear that, the, that God is moving, that God is working. We have seen lives transformed. We've pe seen people come to faith. We have seen just so many amazing things that is clearly only God. But I know this, if God is working, so is the enemy. The enemy wants to take out anything that God is doing. And so I talk to our staff every single week. you got to guard yourself. Guard yourself because he's going to try and pick one of us off, right? Most of us might be strong, but if one of us starts to get caught and go in the wrong direction, get caught in some issue of immorality, some wrong thinking, some divisive thought, why do we and Amber take so seriously the, the issue of gossip in the church? Because gossip is a tool of the enemy to bring division, all right? And so we will not put up with it. Why? Because we're mean? No, because we are guarding the body of Christ. That's our role as shepherds, is to guard and protect, because the enemy will try to use us, even a weak point, like where we're just, ah, oh, we're just tired, and so we start talking about somebody. Yeah, he's going to use that weak moment to get in and destroy what God is doing. And so we as a staff, I say, be on your guard. Be on your guard. Be cognizant of what's going on. But I don't say just to the staff. Listen, mom and dad. Listen, person just sitting out there. Listen, the enemy wants to take you out. He does. And it's not with flashing lights like we wish it was. It's often in the subtle. I think he'll try and, the enemy will get into our relationships. Some of you probably have a relationship that's been struggling for a while. You know, maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a relationship with a parent. Maybe it's a relationship with a kid. It's been going on for a while. And you've been trying to deal with it purely in the flesh and blood, but what you need to understand is that it's possible that there is a spiritual battle going on that you haven't been addressing. You've been just trying to do the flesh and blood thing, but maybe there's more going on there that you need to lean into, right? I think the same thing can happen for us when it comes to addictions. We're, we try to fight an addiction. Why, I think addiction ministry is so important. That's why we're, we're looking to start one right here in recovery ministry. But sometimes th there's deeper issues than just the flesh and blood issues. Oftentimes there is a spiritual need that needs to be dealt with. And we're trying to deal with it in the flesh and blood, trying to figure this thing out. And God would say, listen, there's more happening. You are fighting in the wrong place. It can happen with our, our temptations. Like Some of you, you just think you've got some temptations you're struggling with in your life. And you just think, oh, it's just... I just got to get over it. You know, I'm just kind of weak. My flesh is weak. And you need to understand, no, the enemy is actually playing you right now. 
The enemy is trying to get a hold of you. He's trying to take you off course. You're in a battle. Don't, you cannot fight this battle all on your own, right? God came to empower you, to give you some things that you can't deal with on your own. Things like priorities, and I, I, I want to speak to this one. This seems like the, the least. You're like, I just did relationships, addictions, and temptation, and now you're going to talk about priorities. Hear this. What I said, the enemy is not going to try and get you to turn like this. He's going to try and get you to turn like this. Just enough. Just enough to get you off course. And you think, oh, I'm just making some decisions. Oh, life's busy right now, so I haven't been at church in a little while. Or, hey, I'm going to prioritize these things over here because I think this is just important right now. And you say, God, I'm going to kind of, we'll, we'll come back to you at a time. And you think, oh, that's just you making, shuffling some priorities. And the enemy is saying, got them. Got them. I got them. They think they're just a little off or they're just setting something aside for a while. I've got them on a track that they don't even know. And they're oblivious to the reality that I'm impacting them right now. See, we have to recognize there is a spiritual battle going on. The enemy wants to take you out as a follower of Christ. But it's more than just the personal issues. It, it affects the corporate issues. When you look at our world and our country, we've looked over the last few years, there's so much divisiveness, so much going on. Do you think that's of God? No, the enemy wants to bring division. He wants to bring discord. That's the fruit of the enemy. That is not the fruit of the Spirit, right? And the enemy is looking to bring division. Now, can we have unity when we don't all believe the same things? Not necessarily, but the hatred and the vitriol that so many are, are living with, that is breathed of the enemy, right? And we have to recognize that, that we have to understand there is a battle going on. It's more than just a flesh and blood issue. There is literally a spiritual issue in our world, in our country. We have to, the issues going on right now with Af Afghanistan and, and there's believers in there. You understand there's a spiritual battle going on there. In our country, there's a spiritual battle. This isn't just a flesh and blood thing. But yet we live that way. We live like, oh, if we just get the right person, we get, no, no, no. There's more going on than meets the eye. Right? There is a spiritual battle going on. We must be aware of it. So what I want to do is I want to I close with our big so what. And uh, we always say this, so what? What's the point of this thing? If you forget everything else I said, it's this. A spiritual battle demands a spiritual response. A spiritual battle demands a spiritual response. We're fighting in the wrong place oftentimes. You've got something going on in your family, in your marriage, and you're trying to wrestle it here when God's saying you need to wrestle it here. You know, they say if you, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? When you're holding a hammer, everything looks like a man, nail. And, and what we're doing is we're walking around whacking things in the flesh thinking that's going to solve the problem. When God's saying put the dang hammer down and get on your knees. Start fighting for this in the spirit rather than just trying to deal with everything in the flesh. Because there's more going on than you are capable of taking care of yourself. Remember, it's not be strong in yourself, in your ability to overcome. No, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the armor of God. Not your armor, not your strength. Put on the armor of God. So we get here to verse number 13, and I love this passage. You're going to see the theme here, right? Verse number 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Verse 14. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. What holds this thing together is not your thoughts and your ideas. It's the truth. Stand on the truth. 
That's where we battle with. We don't battle because I've, I've convinced, I've come up with some great idea, I've got in some weird seancey idea where I'm getting the demons. No, I'm standing on truth, right? With the breastplate of righteousness in place. Who is your righteousness? Christ. It's not standing in your own strength. It's not, no, it's saying, God, I'm covered in your righteousness. You are my protection. And again, this is all about him. It's not about you, right? He goes on and fitted with the... Uh, fit your feet with, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel is not about you. Remember I said that a couple weeks ago? It's about him. It's who he is. His power. His might. That's where the hope is at. We share that gospel. It goes on, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Who is the source of our faith? It is not us. What does scripture say? We run to him. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our protector. We run to him. It's not saying I'm going to protect myself from the, the, the demons by just being stronger. No, it is Christ our protector. And we say, God, my faith is in you. I am I'm trusting in you. I am believing in you to guard and protect me from the arrows, from the evil one. It goes on, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We're not come wielding our thoughts and our ideas. We confront him. When Jesus was faced with Satan, what did he do? Did he speak his own words? No, he spoke the word of God. He said, this is where the life is. This is where the hope is. This is where my protection is. And I said this two weeks ago when we talked about prayer. So often we go to God and we're just praying our thoughts and ideas. No, we need to be those people that constantly come back to the word of God. We say, what does God say? What does he say? What are his promises? What are the things that I can stand firm on? Because this hope is not me. My armor is not my armor. It's the armor of the Lord that I get the privilege of putting on because I'm his son. Because I'm his daughter. That's who I am in Christ. It's like that's where our victory is at. But I love where it ends here. It says in verse 18, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. What's he saying? Listen, you are doing battle in the wrong place, people. You've got a spiritual battle, so it demands a spiritual response. Rather than trying to talk it through with your friend, you need to get on your knees and you need to say, God, I need you to do what I cannot do. I need you to move as I cannot move. And I know there's some of you, you've been here, you've been desiring God to work in a specific area in your life for years. You, you've been doing it, you've been praying it before, and you're getting tired. Listen, don't give up. Don't give up. Your only hope is in Christ. Let's put our trust in him and believe for him to move as only he can move. It might be day 20. You might be on day 20, and he's about to move. Don't give up. Don't get, persevere because God is a God that works. God is a God that moves. He is a God that makes a difference, all right? So what I want to do this morning as we, we close our time is I want to invite you to respond. I'm going to ask you to stand with me across the room. If you're with us online, I invite you to, you may need to change your posture even online just to change things up where you're at. <clears throat> but here's what I would say to you. Um, my guess is if I asked you, Hey, what's something that, that weighs on you, something that you struggle with, something that you've been holding on to, something you've been dealing with in your life, either today, the last couple weeks, last couple years? My guess is a lot of us could have that answer. A lot of us could put that forth and say, I, here's the thing that I've struggled with. But I would also guess that there's plenty of us who, in that area, we have not persevered in spiritual battle. We've been persevering in the flesh in that area. 
And this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to recognize what have we been saying? The battle's the Lord's. We need Him to work. If it's a spiritual battle, then we need a spiritual response. And so what I want us to do this morning is to take a few moments to pray and intercede over our own lives and to ask God to do what only He can do in that area of our life. I can't pray it for you. I'm inviting you to join me in prayer. But what I want us to do over the next moment or two, I want us to just begin to pray. Whatever that area is in your life, maybe it's an issue in your marriage. Maybe it's an issue of a financial thing. Maybe it's another relationship. Maybe it's a personal thing you've been dealing with. Maybe it is an addiction. Maybe it is some temptation you're dealing with. Whatever it is, I'm going to invite you to go to God and say, God, I need you to move. I need you to move in this area. Would you join me in praying right now over yourself? God, God, we desperately need you. God, we desperately need you over every circumstance that's represented, over every life that's represented. God, we desperately need you to do the things that only you can do. God, we are not the answer. We are not the answer, God. It is you to be strong in the Lord, in your mighty power. And so, God, I pray that you would be at work. God, would you work? Would you move? Would you bring victory? Would you bring health? Would you be, bring everything that is needed? God, would you bring life into dead places right now? God, I pray in the circumstances where the enemy has been winning, God, we ask your angels to come bring victory in the name of Jesus. God, we speak hope in the name of Jesus. Would you do that in this place, God? Father, that we would recognize that you are the victor. And God, we get to stand in your victory as children of God. That's our hope. God, this is your battle, not our own. And God, we, we declare that. We, we trust in you. We hope in you, Lord Jesus. Come on, can we sing this song out? We sang a little bit earlier.
Some of us know how to pray. But my guess is, and I'm guilty of this, sometimes we don't know how to pray through. We pray pray the thing and then we're done with it. And I think for some of us, you've been battling something. Some of you are tired because you've been battling in prayer. I think the Spirit would just say to us, pray through. Don't give up. You don't know where you are in the story. The only hope we have is God, so let's continue to go to Him like the persistent widow that just keeps on coming, just keeps on coming, just just like the Energizer Bunny just keeps coming, just keeps coming to God saying, God, we desperately need you. Would we be those people that say, God, our only hope is in you and we're going to trust you, God. We're going to believe in you. I want to close with praying one more thing because I think it's it's very easy for us. Again, we we go through a message like this, all right, I got to be stronger, I got to be stronger. We're trying to do it in our own strength. We're even trying to seek God under our own strength. What scripture says is this, is that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but almost every time when it talks about being filled, it's a word that's continual, meaning that you should be filled and continue to be filled. It isn't a once, yeah, yeah, 20 years ago, God filled me with his Holy Spirit, or oh yeah, six weeks ago I prayed that. No, daily we need to come and say, God, would you fill me? Fill me anew with your Holy Spirit. God, I need your power. I need your, your to flood over me. I don't have enough on my own. I'm not the answer, God. You are. I desperately need you. And so what I'm going to invite you this morning, because some of you, you, you need to press through, but you need the, the Spirit empowering you to press through in prayer. And so just as a position of receiving, would you just put your hands out? I want to pray over you. And you would just, on your own, would you invite the Holy Spirit to just fill you once again, fill you anew, God. We need you. We desperately need you, God. God, we say this, we humbly acknowledge who we are. We are your children, but God, apart from you, we can do nothing. But God, with you, we can do all things. And so God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us, fill us with power, fill us with wisdom, fill us with discernment, fill us with strength, fill us with encouragement when we need it. God, may your Spirit, as you are the comforter, God, I pray, your Holy Spirit would be everything that we need. God, that you would lead us into complete faithfulness toward Christ. God, we desperately need you. God, I pray this week that each day we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And God, we would step in the strength that is not our own. But we would be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. We need that, Jesus. God, go with us this week. Help us to walk faithfully in you. pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. For some of you, you, you came and you need somebody to pray with you. Do not leave this place without having an opportunity for somebody to minister to pray with you. They want to join alongside you. But I want to give you this challenge this week. Take your battle to prayer this week. That thing, that thing you feel, that thing you need, that thing you struggle with, that circumstance, maybe it's even in our country. Rather than taking it to Fox News or CNN, why don't you take it to prayer? Rather than taking that personal need, you know, just to your friends so you can whine about it, why don't you bring it to God who can actually do something about it, right? Let's take our need to prayer and see God move this week, amen? We love you guys so much. We'll see you back next Sunday as we wrap up our series in the book of Daniel. Have a great week.